it's always reassuring to have a former national championship winning coach tell me that he thinks Miami's on the right track. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So I'm walking into practice this morning at the U and I see Coach O at Orgeron. He's walking around the facility and I, I introduce myself to him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Alex, how are you? It was nice to meet you. It, I got to say, Coach O is actually easier to understand in person than he is on all those ESPN interviews he used to do. And gosh, he is living that life. He had a whole colada of Cuban coffee on him. He was bubbly, such a nice guy. But, you know, asked him about his son, because the reason why Coach O hangs around the facility so much is his son, Cody, is on the staff as an analyst. I asked him how Cody was doing, says he loves Miami, loves being on the staff. Coach O just loves living down here and hanging out. Uh, and, you know, Coach O told me, and very sincere he seemed when he said this, he wasn't just blowing smoke, that he firmly believes this program and this coaching staff is on the right track. He told me it's just going to take time. It's going to take talent acquisition, which they're working on, culture change and all that. Uh, but he really believes in what's happening here in Coral Gables. And he also told me he slipped this in. He said, Coach Cristobal really reminds him of Nick Saban is how he worded it. And he told me I could say this on the record. Like he said, I'll oh, feel free to tell your viewers, your listeners and all that. So we're sharing it with you guys here on Locked on Canes. And then I made my way out to the Green Tree practice fields and to talk about it fill in some of the blanks because, you know, I wasn't able to see everything. Members of the media, we get to watch about the first 30 minutes. And I know my dude, Brad Tejeda from canesinsight.com is getting these insider reports on some of the things that happened after a while. I was no longer able to watch. So, Brad, welcome in, sir. How are you? Dono, what's going on, my man? Uh, always a pleasure uh, jumping on with Locked On with you, man. You, uh, there's, no, there's nobody in the business that works harder than you, man. So I appreciate all you do and uh, – yeah, man, it's always good to talk Canes football. It's always a pleasure. And someone we were chatting with or chatting about, I should say, uh, you know, behind the scenes who uh, who really had a strong practice and has been looking so good throughout the spring. I've talked about how much Jakari Brown has been improving. No, I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback this year. People ask me that all, all, all the time. It's still Tyler Van Dyke's job this year, but I do feel a lot better about Jakari as a strong backup quarterback this season and potentially as the starter in 2024. And so, you know, what have you been seeing and hearing about Jakari Brown this spring, Brad? Yeah, man, first and foremost, before we talk about Jakari, I heard you uh, just a minute ago talking about uh, good old Coach O. And uh, just to add on to that, man, <laughs> some, uh, someone that was around him as well uh, earlier today at practice uh, kind of mentioned to me and a few others that – uh. You know, Coach O, he he was straight up with not only you, but a few others around him today at practice. And he he pretty much said this, man, the biggest difference he has seen between last season and this season, you know, to this point in spring, is just the overall flow of the football team, whether that's the coaching staff uh, being on the same page or the players kind of buying in. 
to what these coaches are saying. Um, you know, it's not it's not as chaotic as what he saw last year. Uh, when the overall flow is something is going right, man, it's, it's kind of like a machine. It won't stop running, and that's where you want to be. Um, oh, but I it, love that. But when it uh, when it comes to Jakari Brown, man, I, I tell you what, from everything I heard today at practice, Alex, this was probably one of his best days he's had in a Miami Hurricane uniform uh, when it comes on Green Tree. Uh, the young man was was throwing it left and right down the field, stretching on big plays, whether that's with his uh, arm or with his legs. I mean, uh, a lot of people that have, you know, been watching him, you know, not only throw the football, but run the football. This is a guy that is potentially the fastest player on our football team. And, uh, you know, he's made he made a lot of good throws today, um, a lot of big plays, a lot of touchdowns. Um, and he also, you know, celebrated with a couple guys and was beating the defensive team down the sideline just to celebrate. Uh, so so you love the camaraderie of what Jaquari Brown's bringing to the table. And at the end of the day, it's great competition for Tyler Van Dyke and also Emory Williams. Um, you got to have that next man up mentality, um, whether that's Jaquari or somebody else. But uh, all, all good news and positivity for Jakari Brown today. And on Jakari, like, what do you think it is that's kind of the difference between him being, like, consistently elite versus working his way up to that? Because, you know, the way that it was explained to me a couple weeks ago by Tyler Van Dyke is that – because and, and TVD, by the way, he speaks very positively about Jakari and about Emory Williams. And he just said for Jakari, he's got to be consistent with his footwork because he's got such a strong arm – but if the footwork is not on point and you're throwing off balance, then the throws are not going to be accurate. And Tyler basically said, like, if he's consistent with his footwork, that's the key to unlocking everything. And that sometimes, you know, he sees Jakari going back to some of his old habits. But as long as he can, he's consistent with it, I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, man. And as far as Jakari, I think the overall bigger picture with Jakari is going to have to be you know, being as accurate as possible, uh, making yeah. the right decision-making. Um, th- one thing about Jakari Brown, what he brings to the table that the other quarterbacks don't list is his pure athleticism. There's things you just cannot teach that Jakari Brown has. Um, and fortunately for Jakari Brown and for us Miami Hurricane fans, you know, the, the great thing with Tyler Van Dyke is, you know, he can stretch the football field uh, in the air. Uh, with Emory Williams, you have a guy that is very young, um, so he has a lot more growing to do, but he's very accurate, might be the most accurate quarterback on this football team already. Those are two things that, you know, were question marks for Jakari Brown. And going into the season, those are the two biggest things that I think he has worked on um, are those two. So him being a lot more comfortable, um, a lot more accurate, obviously being on the same page with his receivers when it comes to timing, those are things that's just going to come with being a quarterback at the college level. And I think he's got all the talent and uh, intangibles uh, to be that guy when his number's called. When we come back, I want to talk about the defense because we did get some insight on the defensive line from both defensive line coaches today. Joe Salavea spoke to the media and JT, Jason Taylor, addressed the Miami media for the first time as officially a Miami Hurricanes assistant coach. Jason Taylor, of course, a defensive line coach at the U, spoke to the media today. We'll talk about that and more when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Guys, I hope you're taking advantage of FanDuel because the NBA playoffs are almost here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So you have nothing to lose on that first bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. 
then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. So much fun. I've been betting on my Miami Heat all season. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one grand in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Alex Dono alongside Brad Tejeda from CanesInsight.com. You know, Brad, I want to talk about Ruben Bain. Uh, Jason Taylor talked about Ruben Bain, early enrollee freshman defensive lineman today. And, you know, I asked him about all the early enrollees. He's very high on Jaden Wayne, you know, being very polished, coming from, you know, a great high school program. He spent last season at IMG Academy. Um, you know, Collins at Pong. I think that's someone Jason Taylor can do a lot of positive work with. Now, he mentioned Collins, you know, working his way off an injury that ended his high school season last year. So he's probably not all the way there yet physically. But Bain is. Uh, and Jason said he's he is as advertised on on Ruben Bain. He was asked by Susan Miller-Degna of the Miami Herald if we could ever see Ruben lined up inside, and JT just said, we want to have our four best defensive linemen on the field, which implies that or anything is possible. Um, so, Brad, uh, what's been your take on Bain, who I think has, you know, Jason said he's good as advertised. I think, if anything, Bain has probably been better than advertised so far. Yeah, I mean, Let's not get it twisted, man. Reuben Bain, you know, the last name kind of says it all, and uh, the middle name is in Hurricane. It, this was this was, this was was kind of destined to happen, man. You know, this kind of reminds me of, of a Bronny James-type situation, man. The, the, the young man was born into doing this, you know, following the footsteps of his father or family members. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, Reuben Bain was meant to be a Miami Hurricane, and he was meant to do what he's supposed to do. Uh, at the college level, and I can't wait to see what he does for the Hurricanes, and hopefully uh, on Sundays as well. But he's been he's been great. He's been doing everything he is asked as a true freshman, uh, coming in here and making an impact. You know, only been in, in a college weight room for for a few months and, and staying after practice and getting getting more work in. That's what you need. And he's going up against some of the best offensive linemen in the country. You know, at Javion Cohen. Uh, is a perfect example of that, who's already been uh, applauding him for his efforts. And not just Ruben Bain. I think uh, Jaden Wayne, um, a, a young Nigel Lee Kelly, who who I think is going to come into his own this year and really blossom and being that second-year guy. But what you're seeing with what um, what these coaches, specifically Jason Taylor and Coach Derek, are doing with these linebackers is something very similar to what Coach Cristobal and what Maribel is slowly transforming this offensive line into being. And that's bringing in guys that can play multiple positions and that are very diverse and can bring a lot to the table and not just a one-tech, two-tech, three-technique guy. 
And what you're seeing with these defensive linemen that you're talking about, like a Reuben Bain, like a Jaden Wayne, like a Nigel Lee Kelly, and even a Bobby Washington, these are all young men that are going to be able to line up all across the line, whether that's Reuben Bain playing on the outside or playing on the inside or Nigel Lee Kelly doing the same thing. Um, and with what Coach Guidry is trying to do with this defense, he's going to be very multiple depending on what offense we are going against. He's going to scheme up and put the right guys in place, similar to what Jason Taylor said in an interview today. So, I mean, you may see some different packages like a 4-2-5 where you may see a young guy like Bobby Washington in on that starting rotation playing on the outside similar to, you know, a striker slash rover position where you, you're not going to know if he's going to blitz or play in coverage. And uh, when you're able to put in multiple guys like that, have a, a Maude Moten, a Nigel Kelly, along with a Reuben Bain and Leonard Taylor as your starting four, and a Key Mesador, I mean, that's – that's a recipe for success, man, and I think we're, we're on the right track. And if we can get those guys rolling and bring in a solid foundation this year on the defensive line recruiting class, it should be fun to watch in the years to come. By the way, one of the coolest things about talking with JT today is hearing him talk about recruiting, right? Because, you know, he definitely did some of that even when he was an analyst, but there's a lot more that goes into that when you're a defensive line coach. And I, I think he's very effective at it. It's going to be very effective at it. But he admits, like, listen, sometimes you're talking to players and, like, you're waiting for them to text you back. And he said, hey, like, throughout my life, since I've had my gold jacket as a Hall of Famer, sometimes I'll use that as an excuse to not text somebody back right away. Now he's getting kind of a taste of his own medicine with some of these recruits. He said, uh, it ain't fun when the rabbits got the gun, he said. But I, I, I love I love to hear, like, JT, a pro football Hall of Famer, he's in the trenches recruiting. How much feedback do you hear, Brad, from defensive linemen around the country, high school recruits, about just what kind of a recruiter JT is? I mean, first and foremost, I think his presence has, has to be talked about, right? When you talk about the University of Miami and – especially us as Miami Hurricane fans, when we're kind of, you know, tweeting at recruits or, or able to talk to recruits like myself, you know, there's a lot of names that we bring up to these young men. And unfortunately, they just don't really get it. You know, whether that's the Warren Saps of the world, the Ray Lewis's, the Ed Reed's, um, you know, those were great players. But at the end of the day, are they able to be relatable to these young men? And, you know, as a 16, 15, 17 year old kid, those names aren't as relatable as a Jason Taylor, um, in my opinion. And just having conversations with some of these young men and what they've been able to get out of a Jason Taylor, I just think his message and presence alone kind of speaks volumes and it kind of hits these young men in a, in a different way that our other coaches in the past haven't been able to do. Um, and when you're able to mix that with a guy that has kind of been around at a powerhouse high school program like St. Thomas Aquinas, has a, a son in Mason Taylor who's obviously doing pretty good things as a true freshman over at LSU. He's got a lot on the table to kind of say, hey, man, I, I'm offering a lot here. I could be, you know, a few miles down the road at the Miami Dolphins facility coaching at the highest level, but I decided to stay here at the University of Miami, and there's a reason why I'm doing it. And I think, yeah. you know, him buying into that along with having a head guy, Mario Cristobal, who knows a thing or two about recruiting, it's a good mixture to have. And I think – um. I don't unfortunately think you'll see Jason Taylor here for that many years, but I think as long as he's coaching at the University of Miami, you got to use all the abilities and intangibles that he brings to the table, and I think we're doing that. 
and he's definitely willing to put in the work. You know, the first question he was asked today is like, you know, why do you want to put in these 16 hour days? And his response was like, hey, are you trying to talk me out of it? Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing it. I love it. You know, he's got no ego in that regard. Um, sticking with the defense. Are you concerned at all about the cornerback rotation this year? Because, you know, Miami did lose a lot of experience last year. Tyreek Stevenson, who's headed to the NFL. I know people have their opinions about DJ Ivy, but he was very experienced and he's he's moving on. Of course, uh, Miami did get Devontae Brown and uh, Terry Roberts in the transfer portal. And, you know, I, I think they're, they're, they're both doing all right. There's still some work to be done by the entire secondary are you worried about cornerback, or do you think that can be a position of strength this year? Well, I'll tell you what, Alex, you've been at practice a lot. From everything I heard, if if, if our guy to Corey Couch can start catching these footballs, yeah. we wouldn't be having this question about corners, man, because it seems like to Corey Couch all spring has been at the right place at the right time, pretty much every passing play. But unfortunately, he's not able to bring the ball in with two hands. But, you know, it's still a pass breakup, and that's still – a recipe for success for a defense. But at the end of the day, you bring in those two transfer portal guys, uh, you know, hearing from a guy like Lance Gidry, um, they are very evident that they are wanting to go in the portal for another DB and another defensive tackle. Um, so I, I think there's obviously room for improvement and competition in that DB room. And, you know, we there, there's a lot of next man up mentality uh, when it comes to the secondary right now on that football team. You have a lot of guys, that are either still banged up or haven't really been proven besides Cam Kitchens. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for someone like Daryl Porter uh, Jr., who has added some great size uh, to his frame over the last year. Um, I think him coming from West Virginia, being comfortable with a coach to die, and finally settling in uh, here at the University of Miami. I expect big things from him and obviously Terry Roberts as well. But uh, I think we need at least one or two more guys uh, to add to that room to kind of push some of these guys like a Markeith Williams, a Chris Graves, um, a Brian Balaam, um, and even a guy like James Williams. I think James Williams uh, still needs some work to do. Um, he's just getting out of that red contact jersey. Uh, but, you know, as long as everyone is healthy, uh, we should be uh, cooking for success, hopefully. But add one or two more guys in that room and let's see what happens. When we come back, want to talk a little bit more about the offense, wide receiver, running back, and some of Brad's overall thoughts. Uh, Brad Tejeda from Canes in Insight is with us. Keep it locked to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Make sure for your second listen, Locked on College Basketball. They're still wrapping up an awesome season. And heck, it was an awesome season for our Canes. Uh, I'm disappointed they didn't go all the way, but Final Four first time in program history they finished the year ranked third which is the best finishing position Miami has ever had in the history of the basketball program finishing the year number three so congratulations to Canes Hoops and they talk about this stuff on Locked On College Basketball like our show it's available free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts we're talking football at the moment with Brad Tejeda uh Brad how you feeling about the wide receiver position? Because I've been pretty encouraged. I, I still think they're going to work the portal pretty hard to try and bring in another boundary starting caliber guy. Uh, but I'm very encouraged with what I see from Colby Young, who, by the way, had a red jersey on Tuesday, but not today. The non-contact jersey was off. He was back to normal today, which is great to see. Jacoby George has been having a good spring, you know, in the slot. X is Mr. Consistency, Xavier Restrepo. I've been impressed with Brashard Smith. I've been impressed uh, with the freshmen as well, Robbie Washington and Ray Ray Joseph. So I think uh, I'm, I'm feeling better about the receiver position now than I was before spring ball started. 
Yeah, Donna, absolutely, man. Um, these receivers, especially today, uh, it seems like all the names you mentioned just a few minutes ago, man, it seems like every single name uh, had some plays today, uh, whether that's Ray Ray and pressing down the field and also using his speed to kind of break away from the defenders. Um, Jacoby George, like you mentioned, making some big plays. Um, I think him and, and the Kevin Beard uh, connection with his old high school coach is really going to take his game to the next level and make him really push and work harder than he's ever done before. Um, of course, my guy, Xavier Restrepo, who's, who's always Mr. Dependable for this football team, I think he's finally going to be utilized the right way where, you know, I think in the past we kind of needed him to be that wide receiver one type guy when I think, you know, he's not – that's not what he's really made for, in my opinion. Um, he's more of a Swiss Army knife uh, and, and being able to use to, to get in those – you know, third and three, third and seven, first down completions, also in the red zone as well at times. And, and you saw that today in practice. Uh, between those three guys and also um, a guy in Robbie Washington who, you know, obviously had a red contact jersey on today but has made flashes. And Brashard Smith today um, also made a few big plays as well. So that's good to see because with all those guys fighting for playing time, especially in that slot position, um, it's going to be anybody's game. And uh, when one guy goes down, we need the next guy to go up. Um, and I like what I'm seeing from all those guys continuing to make plays. At running back, uh, very thin in the spring because the only two scholarship guys that are out there are Henry Parrish, who's looked really good in the spring, and Don Chaney has looked good as well. Uh, he's just got to stay healthy. Of course, we know that. Um, so outside of that, you've been getting some uh, some walk-on guys getting a lot of burn in the spring. Um, you know, I, I like I, I like all these guys, right? And I hope it doesn't happen this year. Last year, you had to use some of the walk-on guys. Hopefully, this year they don't. Uh, but you know, w once the uh, the running back rotation is a little bit more complete, Brad, like you know, hoping uh, Citizen gets healthy in time for fall camp because I think he could have even become the top running back last year on the team, but you know, he didn't get that opportunity with the knee. And then when Mark Fletcher and Chris Johnson arrive in time for fall camp. How do you expect that running back rotation to even go next year? Like, which guys do you think are going to get the most carries and kind of in what order? Yeah, I think especially when a, when a young man like Mark Fletcher enters that running back room, I think it's going to really take that uh, position to the next level, um, especially having a guy like Don Chaney, who is a bruiser, as we know, especially what we've been seeing in spring. Uh, he, he ends up wanting to literally just level down his pads to, to anyone and everyone, regardless if you – have a U helmet on or, or a rival helmet on. Um, he's not letting go of, of everything that people have been saying the last couple of years. But when you bring in someone like Mark Fletcher, that kind of relieves a little bit of pressure off of someone like Don Chaney. And I think as much pressure that is on Don Chaney, um, you know, it, it would be a good benefit to have someone like Mark Fletcher. And then a guy like Chris Johnson, who can really stretch the field with his speed, um, is going to be something that is really going to test our linebackers in our secondary that I don't think we've quite seen much of. Uh, in practice, unless it's a Ray Ray Armstrong, uh, and, you know, out in the open, you know, catching a quick pass, or even a guy like Rashard Smith, who um, today in practice, I believe, you know, lined up in the backfield a couple times at running back and actually got the ball handed off to him. Um, you know, this is a young man that played running back most of his career anyways, a little bit of quarterback his senior year at Miami Palmetto. Um, but we have other guys that we could utilize in that position. Um, and, I mean, hey, big ups to the Jefferson Walls of the world, the, the T. Waldens, those guys are doing what they need to do right now in spring to kind of fill that void. Um, but once it's all said and done, I, I expect some big things from Mark Fletcher and some of these other guys coming in to contribute. 
And I should mention they were in full pads today. So you get a, a little bit of a clearer picture when the pads are on. Like Tuesday, the pads were not on. They were on today. And obviously, every Canes fan in the area is going to get a chance to see these guys up close and personal at the spring game, which is a week from this Friday, April 14th. It's going to be the spring game. And Brad, you're coming down, are you not? Am I going to see you there on the 14th? Being able to hang out tailgate with the, with all, all the fans, man, it should be great. And uh, chop it up, some of the former uh, Miami Hurricane players, they'll be there. Um, and uh, got Ja'Kai Clark, who's now the starting center at SMU, uh, will be hanging out with us too um, before he makes wow. his way back to Texas. So it should be cool. That is cool. Brad Tejeda, thank you so much. Follow him on Twitter at Tejeda Brad. And I apologize, guys, for keeping it a little bit short today, but I'm not feeling very comfortable. Half of my face is completely numb. I just had some dental work done, but it's like the content doesn't stop here on Locked on Canes. I can only feel half my face, but here we are. And I encourage you guys, if you want to be uh, an even closer part of the Locked on Canes community, I'm going to include a link in the show notes below the show description. You'll either find it on the audio version or the YouTube version. You'll find it anywhere to our new subtext chat. You can get SMS updates from me uh, and you can talk to me one-on-one. It is completely free the first 14 days. So decide if you like it, if it's worth it. Like I was uh, going crazy uh, setting out updates during practice this morning and and doing some one-on-ones with some of you guys. So You know, if you want to get involved, there is a link below to join our subtext SMS chat completely free the first two weeks, $4.99 a month after that. It's a way to say thank you. If you want to, of course, the show is still free, but if you want to do something extra, join the subtext chat uh, because we never ask for donations or anything like that. We try to give you something of value in return. So check that out. And you can check us out again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.